series called Realign. And Realign is something that I feel like it's just a time in our lives we need to be engaging in this conversation where for the past few years it's been a little different. And, and as we try to re-engage life, uh, sometimes you just need to need a realignment. And so to do that in whatever field you're doing that, whether it's your car or your back or your job or whatever it may be, you need a template. You need something that says this is how it's supposed to be or it's supposed to look like. And you put that out there and then you lay out the way things currently are and it helps you line things up. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're looking at who you were made to be, your purpose your calling, and, and it's helping you understand big questions like, why am I here, and what am I made for, and what do I do with my life, and, and it's important to be reminded of these, and these principles that we're walking through, these callings, these purposes, are for us as individuals, and they're also for us as a church family, and so these are things that we stand on, we talk about them in our, uh, in our welcome gathering, I talk about these, these, these different things and in our, in our membership class, but these are purposes that, that God has given you. And so we started out week one talking about how every one of us has been called. You've been called to live a story and a purpose that God has given you. We're all called to this. It's how he's made you and I to live and to be. And so you like may ever wonder, what am I supposed to do with my life? And it doesn't necessarily mean that it comes down to a very specific event and thing. And sometimes God's calling can be that clear. But no matter what your job status is or where it is, or what city you lived in, you are always called. And then so starting last week, we began to look at what has God called you to do. And if you begin to live these purposes out, to live these callings out, they, your purpose and calling go together, you will begin to experience meaning in your life, no matter what your circumstances are. And so God's plan in history for us is that he has been gathering a family so that will love and live with him forever. His plan for history is to call us into his family. Ephesians 1.5 says his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. From the beginning, it was his plan to adopt us. That's why we celebrate Christ so much, that he came to redeem us. He came to rescue us so that we could be part of God's family. And so for this to happen, someone has to let us know this, to spread this incredible news that we have. And so that's where our part comes in. I want you to listen to these words that we find in Romans. It says, Romans 10, 13 through 15, it says, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless... Unless they've never heard about him. This seems pretty logical. How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's such a huge phrase. And someone has sent us out. Is that, this is, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. So if you, last week, we started out with our first calling, which was you're called to be loved. Before you do anything, God loves you. 
And that's not something we talk about enough. And if you want to go back and listen to it, it's on our podcast, it's on our website. And, and God has loved us first. Before we were called to, to pray or, you know, to, to, to read scripture or to help others or anything else, like, he loved us. And we need to be loved by him. There needs to be time in our life where we can experience his love. That's the first thing he's done with us. And today, I want to begin to engage a second calling, a second purpose in life. Here it is. We'll give it to you up front. It's, I'm sent. I'm sent to bring others into God's family. I am sent. How can anyone go and tell them without being sent? Now, what's interesting is we think about we're sent, we're sent towards something, and, and usually in our lives, we think about things in regards to a place, like where we go, the city we live in, the apartment that we're in, the neighborhood that we exist in, the neighborhood our work you know, is at, or maybe that neighborhood is your, your home living room. Uh, we were, I was talking with the, the, some friends this week, and uh, we both had a shared experience where the first time in 2020 when COVID hit, we were doing online school. Uh, we were doing Zoom calls in school from the bathroom at times. Like, it was just so crazy. Like, we didn't have anywhere for people to go. Uh, so maybe that's your place. But we think about things in regards to place. But God interacts with us as far as it, when it comes to people. To people. But you and I, typically, we're oriented to places or space or whatever, especially in the city. Space is so limited. But you think about, like, places you've been, trips you've been on. Here's some trips that I've had the privilege of, of going to, some places I've, I've gone to and experienced. I've been to the Bahamas. In fact, when I went to the Bahamas, I wasn't just on the main island. I got to go to an island off of another island, which is actually just an island. But anyway, in my mind, that's how it works. So I flew in the main island, and then we took this other kind of rickety plane to an, another island, and then we got on a bus to go to the edge of that island, and then we got on a boat to get to the next island. That was pretty cool. Like, I got to go to a place and experience, like, where most people don't necessarily go. Uh, I've had the privilege to travel to Hong Kong twice and, and do a couple of trips there. We have some people that attend DCC that are, that are from Hong Kong, which is, which is really fun. And, and uh, I've also had the chance to go to Indonesia. And not just Indonesia, I got to go to the northern tip. In, so it's the Suma island of Sumatra, if you know your geography. And most of you know Sumatra maybe by coffee. And uh, this is a jungle environment. And then the northern tip is called Aceh province. And I got to go there, which is highly unique and an amazing part of the world. In fact, apparently Aceh is what used to be was on uh, Osama bin Laden's list of destinations to go to. And so I didn't get to meet him. He wasn't there. Um, but that's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. You guys laughed. So you're, I guess it's okay. <laughs> um, Here's the thing. None of these were vacations. None of these were vacations. And they were actually trips about impact, loving others, kind of being sent. I gave, gave up vacation time to go and to serve others. That's, all these trips were oriented on serving others. I remember being in Hong Kong, and uh, one of the trips uh, it was ministering in the inner city neighborhood. And there was a bunch of high-rises, and you'd walk into these high-rise areas, and you see drug deals happening and different kind of things. And we'd go up, and there's this, there's this ministry that was see, reaching refugees. 
and people trying to seek asylum in Hong Kong. I had just introduced this whole world that I didn't even know about. And uh, they asked, they'd do a feeding program every day, and they would speak to them, they would share the love of God, and they would feed them. And I remember like bugs crawling in the rice that they would scoop out to cook, and it was just like a whole different thing, and then I would eat the rice. And it's amazing, like these are things that you would never do here. Like you would run, and like in this environment of serving others, like I just saw that happening, and I was just like, all right. And I just served right along with them and did it, and, and it was so different. And, and one time they asked me, they wanted me to speak and share what we call the gospel of Christ, the story of Christ to those that were there. And it was in Hong Kong at the time, if you've ever been to Hong Kong in summer, uh, it's, it's incredibly humid and incredibly hot. And then we were in this room, and the AC didn't work. And we were all packed in together, and, I, and they had me speak, and it was through an interpreter, so it took a long time. And, man, we were sweating. And I, I was worried I would pass out. But this is what we were, and it was... It was such a privilege to engage that. I was, there's nothing like watching a group of African refugees cry out to God and seeking him for help in their life. It, it was changing. It was life-changing for me. I remember walking up the hill. To, to my, my accommodations weren't kind of normal. I was in the island off the main island, and, and to get to where I was going, we had to walk up this huge hill, and it was raining, and the, the guy that ran the ministry did it with me, and, I, and then we figured out we went the wrong way. <laughs> And we had to go back downhill and back up again. And it was hard. Like, it just, it was not all easy. I remember when I went to Indonesia, we went there after the tsunami hit. And, and uh, I eventually got sick. I remember being, we slept on tents near the ocean. And uh, the restrooms were ones that we made, that we dug up. And it was, it was a very different, interesting experience. Now, here's the thing about all that. As I came back from those trips more fulfilled than any other vacation I've been on in my life. It's completely different when you're serving others and there's a fulfillment and a lasting impact. Yeah, like those places were fun. So I, I wanted to highlight some of the hardships. It's, you know, absolutely. It, it's amazing to experience the people and the culture like, I, that's abs- we love to travel. That's one of the reasons we love going on vacations. It's such an incredible thing to experience. Absolutely. And we, we do have great stories, but it's the impact on me. It wasn't, it wasn't actually really about the place. The impact was about the people. And, and almost every time, I was more impacted and blessed by them than anything that I could give to them. In fact, I learned quickly on that it was prideful to go there and think that I had something to give them. And I learned that I was really serving the people that were on the ground and and leading these organizations. But more often than not, I was blown away by the faith of the others that I, so, so, so to speak, came to serve and to minister to. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so there's nothing wrong with all that said. <laughs> come back to there's nothing wrong with a vacation, all right? Like I've got one planned coming up. Uh, I just was able to take a weekend away last weekend, and so these are those are important. It's important to be to be to have times of rest, and even weekly rhythms where you can experience God's love and rest and delight and things that you enjoy. So yeah, those things are important. But I want to highlight a purpose that you've been made to experience. And, and the reason why we need to talk about this, the realignment, is because everything in you and me and culture around us says that the, the way that we solve this 
is different. It, it, it just feels like we should just serve ourselves and serve ourselves, but that's not how you were made. And if you only do that, you'll be miserable and you wonder why. And there's something vastly different than just serving yourself when you serve others. Even if it means giving up energy or rest or whatever that we, we value to do that. And why is that? It's because of incredible purpose. It's how you were made. You were called to be sent. If you are a Christ follower. So going back to those words, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, this is what God has called you to do. He has sent us out. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this. It says, through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. Then God gave us the work of bringing others into peace with him. So we, through our own sin and our own actions, we, we brought the, all the wrong and the hurt and the pain in the world. God didn't leave us there. He came and he redeemed us. So because of Christ, through Christ, his death and his resurrection, he made peace with us so that we can be brought back to God and be free from the burden of death and sin. But he didn't just stop there. It says, then God gave you and I the work of bringing others into peace with him. This is God's eternal peace plan. In the scripture, it talks about, it calls it like the ministry of reconciliation. Being reconciled to God, and he's using us to help others experience his peace. I want you to look at, there's two, two things that Jesus said to us that I want to love for us to see and focus on up front. And then I want to go through some practical steps for us today. But let's just read this first one. This is found in John 20, 21. And and in this, in this passage, Jesus had just uh, risen from the grave. His, his, all his followers had watched him die. And, and, and I, I share this all the time, but, but they, he told them this is going to happen. And this is one of the reasons we believe in Jesus. Over and over again, he says, I just want you to know, I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'll be, I'm going to rise again. He would say it. And if you read through the Gospels, the written accounts of Jesus' life, you'll see him say it really plain, and they're all like, okay, what, you know, whatever. And, like, like, and, he just, and, and, and so it's, it's amazing. When he died, they were shocked. <laughs> they were devastated. And they were in hiding. And so Jesus rose from the grave, and, and the women coming to, 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 do, to bring the spices to the grave after he was buried, where they showed up and he was not there, and he began to appear to the different followers. And so his closest disciples, what they called the twelve, were still hiding, and they didn't fully believe them. And in this moment of them hiding, Jesus appears to them. And this is what he says to them when he appears before them. John 20, 21, he says, it's as Jesus said, peace be with you. Because they're freaking out. <laughs> I would be too. And he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending That's a pretty pivotal moment. Incredible. And I love this because even Jesus himself was sent. God the Father sent his son to us. He lived this as an example. And then he says, I am sending you. 
God's peace plan depends upon you accepting this second calling, this second purpose. From the very beginning, we've seen this over and over again, that God, God has been calling his people and sending them out. And the world has been impacted this for years and years and years. It's, it's, it's in us when, the, when his family, the gathering, what we call the church, not the church building, but his people, are loved by him and loving well and living out the mission that he's called them to do, it is, it's natural then is to go and to serve and to love others. I grew up in a church that was, was just kind of driven by this. Every summer I was, I was in this youth group and lived in a suburb type area where there's lots of students and kids. I know a lot of you don't see that around here. Uh, they exist. And we had a youth group and every summer we would go out and and we, we would take a trip, and we would love And I got to experience all these cities across our country. It was just kind of a natural thing. They, they loved others in their own city. And, and people that couldn't get to church, they would, they would bring them in. And, and, and like, they just did what they could. To, it was just a natural thing. It's, it, if, you've heard, if you've been around with us recently, we talk about this organization, New City Kids in Jersey City. They've been around for over 25 years now, and, and, doing, and God is using them to do generational change in these, in these underserved neighborhoods of Jersey City. And, and that was started by someone answering this call to be sent into this local city. It was very hard at the beginning for them. That's how it started. There's amazing international organizations that I love to support, like Compassion International, International Justice Mission, that are stepping into the hardest situations on the planet and loving well. It's just what we've been known for, whether it's local or global, whatever it may be. God loves to use ordinary people for us, ordinary people empowered by God, making a difference together wherever they are. This has been the story of God for thousands of years. Ordinary people empowered by God, making a difference together wherever they are. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now listen to this next statement by Jesus. This is found in John 15, 16. He says, says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. God loved us first. He chose us first. He came after you. He is seeking after you today. He's, he's calling you into this relationship, not to in these things that you do to help that you're okay, but no, he calls you to be at peace with him and to be in relationship. He says, he says, I have appointed you, I've given you a purpose to go and bear fruit, and it will last. The reality for most of us is, excuse me, the reality is that most of what we do in life, you and I, will be quickly forgotten. Most of the things that we do won't last. That's why you go on vacation, you're like, oh, it just, oh, it won't, you can't stay there. You're like, I wish I could go back, right? Like, like, maybe you have this, and I say that, you have this image in your mind, oh, I wish I could go back and do this. Now, some vacations, you're like, I'm never doing that again. But, but everything you do, it doesn't last. Even the things that you enjoy the most are just, they're there for a moment. They're there for a moment. Jesus says, no, I've called you to something that will last. It's eternal. When, when I have answered that call to love and to to impact others, there's a lasting impression 
on me and on those that I'm serving. It's incredible how God uses it. The small things and the big. And many times it's the small things that we do, the small steps we take, that God is using that in a huge way. The culture around us, our own hearts, we get this backwards. We think about it not as a people, but as a place, as an experience. For me to feel, to be fulfilled, I've got to serve me. And we have a world that, that we're continually trying to find more and more experiences that we just have to kind of continually, continually engage in because none of it actually lasts. But Jesus calls you and I to a, a people, a purpose. He sends you to others. And then the place is just part of that. And, all, and, and many times, the place comes alive because of that. Because we stand properly on the foundation of how he's made us. And for almost everybody here today, I'm, you know, there's, it's not everybody in Jersey City, but for most of us here today, Jersey City is that place. It's one of the places. And I believe it's no accident that you are here in this time in your life. And maybe you say, I don't really feel that, but that's the beauty of who God is. And no matter where you're at, when you begin to pursue him in this purpose, he brings it alive in a very powerful way. You can experience purpose wherever you live, no matter the circumstances that you are in. I would offer to you today, there's nothing like being engaged in God's story. There's nothing like being engaged with God's story. Now, now, I think some of us feel a tension here. We're like, well, that means that I've got to live like, like the pastor does, all right? And I mean, hopefully not, right? Okay, so like, but I think that we think about the, all these words I've said as like full-on, 100% Mother Teresa sacrifice type ministry, okay? And, and that's not always true. Many times, it's just engaging in a step. And in fact, God works the most in our, in, our, in our daily lives that you exist. If everybody was living life like me, there'd be nobody in the workplace, nobody engaging in the world. And sometimes it's actually fun. <laughs> so we've had this up on the screen. It's funny, as soon as you pull it off, I'm ready to talk about it now. <laughs> so everything around you is, is, I'll say this before this, now we can put it up again. Is trying to pull you away from this. Everything that we do and live is trying to pull you away. And it's no wonder that we're more anxious than we ever have been in history. We have more problems. We know that the more self-centered a culture becomes, the more problems that it has. And that's what we're experiencing, especially in our Western culture. So God's peace plan has three dimensions, all right? You guys have memorized this by now. It's been on the screen. But uh, it's personal. You have a personal connection to people in your life, people you live around, work around, your family, others. You have a personal connection. You have a local connection, this, the city that you live in and engage. And this is where we love to engage with you. And kind of both of those go together with the local church. But then we have this global God is always at work in sending people out, and, and there's so many stories and places that I could direct you to see this work. It's amazing. We have a mission to the entire world. Isaiah 14, 20 and 26 says, It will all happen as I have planned. This is God speaking to us. 
He says, it will come about according to my purposes. I have a plan for the whole earth, and my mighty power reaches through the world. Now, what's interesting is when we hear this, we think, we wonder, God, where are you? Because we look at the evil in the world, and it doesn't always feel like God is there. But here's the thing. God has called us. His plan is to use us. And so we need to understand that we have been sent. And there's a lot of the church in our world that is not being obedient to this call. So many are on the sidelines. So many are on the sidelines. And maybe God's, actually maybe he is, he's saying the same thing to us. I have called you, I have sent. And when we answer this call, we begin to see his impact. So what does God want me to do? Is to tell the good news about God's grace. In Acts 20, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news of God's grace. So why do you think you're here and hearing in this? It's because God wants to use you. But here's the thing. You're not alone. You're not alone in this at all. You are not alone. So I want to walk us through a couple of things that are practical points to help us begin to take these steps. The first one is this, is to pray that people will say yes to God. We start by engaging God because he's called us to this and say, okay, God, how are you directing me? Number one, we we pray that people will say yes to God. Jesus called us to this. In Matthew 9, we see him say, there are so many people to harvest. There's a field full of harvest, but the workers are very few to help people harvest them. Pray to God who owns the harvest that he will send out more workers to gather his harvest. And this is so true. As a pastor, I can say to you right now, we, we do have a lot of on the sidelines. There are always places where people to step in and engage his church family, whether it's in our, in our kids' ministry where we love our children or in our, our First Impressions team greeting on Sundays or production or the musicians. We're always looking for those to sing and to play with us. There's always places where people can be using their gifts that God has given you to answer his calling. We need to pray that people will be sent. And God will answer that prayer. This is, this is probably the point for me more than anybody else. Number two is we give financially to help others go. Giving, God uses giving really to, to grow and test our faith because it develops a generous heart. How we love and serve others is tied directly to our finances. It's amazing. God uses giving to impact this world in an incredible way. Way. This is said through all throughout Scripture. 3 John 1.8 says, we, su- we must support believers who go on trips like this so that we can work together with them in spreading the truth. And the, the church in America is, is pretty statistically known to, to uh, that 20% of those who are engaged actively give financially. Usually about 20%. Our church has really has been above the average from the beginning. We've, we've typically been around 30%, maybe even 40 at times. And I've been very thankful for that. But it's amazing how much ministry is left on the table. Summer is a great time to engage. As we get busy and go on vacation, typically we forget. But as we go into Go Jersey City this weekend, 
It's another opportunity for us to, that, that we, we fund it all ourselves. When you give to ministries, when you give to the church, when you give to God's family, it's being used for a great purpose. When we give, we are participating in the mission that God has given us to, to send others out and to help people know God's love for them. Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely we give. It is a natural response to being a Christ follower. We need to pray. We need to give. And then, number three, you need to step out in faith. Basically, you need to go. Number three is step out in faith. You need to volunteer to be sent. You're like, I don't know what my calling is, what I'm supposed to do. Take a step. Just do one thing. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. How do you do this? How do you do this? Well, there's an amazing opportunity Saturday. Is Go Jersey City. If you're here on Saturday, we have Go Jersey City happening. What's, what's amazing about this event is it's usually about 50% uh, uh, DCC attenders and 50% those from the community. That's our purpose. That's our, the plan for the event, that you can engage others. And it's the best event for you to invite someone because it's not necessarily a religious event. We're just going out and loving others. So many of you have never been to Go before. You've been new with us this year. So we just want to show you a quick video of what Go is and what it looks like. So let's check this out. So this Saturday, you are invited. Uh, we're going to gather at 10 a.m. at City Hall for registration. You will get your free t-shirt, and then we're going to go and serve with your team, and then we're going to celebrate a great after party at the Porta Roof Deck, a free after party, and you are invited. Jesus sent us out. He said, go and make disciples. So he's called us continually to go, but no one said it, had, it didn't have to be fun. Like, it's fun. You can enjoy it and engage. So this is what is that. We're throwing a party this weekend. And so Gozer City is an incredible way for you. But not only that, but to invite others in. Part of Go is to be inviting others to be part of it. That's the whole design is that we do that and we throw a party together as a city. So you do not want to miss out on this. Uh, we want you to sign up today before you leave. We're going to have a table out there. We want you to engage with us. You can sign up on your phones on our website. You can also engage with us. How do you serve with us? You, if, this summer, we're going to be doing what we call simple service. We're going to be handing out a very uh, fun snack, usually chocolate or granola bar in the morning, and an invite to DCC. Some of you are here today because you got this invite. And when we go and we serve in this way, we know that it helps connect people to community here in Jersey City. And if you want, you can join me this week. We'll do that this week. You can sign up for Simple Service online. We know that many people here that moved here, some of you understand this, don't know anybody. And this is a critical way in which we help connect people to community. Simple Service is a great way to do this. And then, uh, and then serving on a Sunday team, serving on a Sunday team or a weekly team is an incredible way for you to, to be part of impact here in this city. If you want God to use you to be part of his purpose, serving his family is, is part of that. If you've not got any room in your life to engage God in serving him in some way, 
whether it's simple or a lot, you're probably too selfish. Your life is probably too selfish. We need to have the same attitude that David did in the song. He says, send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. Well, many times we make this too complicated, but I want to encourage you to just take a step. And this leads us to our fourth and final point today, is that we go, you go where you can now. Where you can now. Just take a, take a step. I want to pop in. I'm not sure why. Okay, we'll, we'll try to, I'll try to be still. <laughs> Jesus said to us, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over the town telling how much Jesus had done for him. Sometimes we just take a simple step. And one of the things that I always encourage people to do is throw a party. Like heaven throws parties. When people find him, it's in scripture. Jesus went to parties. He was known for that. The religious leaders complained about him because he did that. It's why we, in part of Gojo City, is celebrating and having a party together. Here are places for you to engage and invite your neighbors over. My wife and I, we used to sit in our front stoop. We lived in a building where nobody wanted to talk to each other or this block. And so we just started sitting outside. And people passed by. We were like, hey. You know, and like, I mean, but it, it turned into these relationships. I eventually went camping with, this is no joke, the restaurant owners on the block. And like, it just turned into these things that we did. And when we started throwing parties and we'd have NFL parties in the afternoon. And, our, and we, I would do poker nights with my friends and my neighbors. And we lived in Montgomery Street. Like, it was just all these things that we did. And eventually, it could turn into a faith conversation. Some people would say to me, you're a pastor? Wow, I don't ever want to talk about that. And I was like, okay. And like, was like, come over and hang out with me. Like, that's what they would say. And, and they, they needed years because of hurt that they've experienced from the church in the past. And they needed time. Some people just want me to, to see that, do I actually care about them? I don't have an agenda. And it takes time. And eventually they'll be like, I might come to church one day or go to this event with you. It's amazing. Go where you can now. We ask God, God, what role do you have for me? We take a simple step. Don't make it complicated. Know that he wants to use you. You have been called. You will experience purpose when you go with joy. You will be fulfilled in that more than you ever will in trying to fulfill your own self. You were made for this. Let's be an example of the city and love them well. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for your words to us. So many that you said, I have called you, I've sent you. I pray today that we will be encouraged by this, that we don't have to have everything figured out. And when life seems chaotic, Father, or not purposeful, I pray that we would learn to trust you with We thank you and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.